Hello everyone and welcome to This Is Fine, a podcast where me, your host, Ivor, unpacks emotions, insights, personal stories in an effort to extract the life lessons to share with y'all so that we can all learn something. It's better for your mental health to share lessons than it is to share STDs. <laughs> okay, so recently I've been thinking about this idea of what we tolerate and what we don't tolerate and how, you know, it's different in different areas of your life. So everyone knows me and that when it comes to race relations, gender and sexuality, classism, patriarchy, heteronormativity, all the like ivities and isms, I don't tolerate small-mindedness when it comes to things of that regard. You know, I have come to learn how to embody courage when it comes to these issues. You know, courage is a big word. So if you step to me with any kind of bullshit, you best know that I'll show you what that big word means. So I was thinking about um, that big word courage and combining it with what you choose to tolerate or not tolerate. It came up for me when I was recently, which is something I don't do. And so I, I thought I'd do this thing and go, you know, check Facebook to see if people are still stupid. And yes, people are still stupid. Hello, confirmation bias. So I came across this meme that had all the ivities and isms and was clearly created by an alabaster man. Uh, specifically, man, okay. So this meme is from the British, you know, UK, the people that revolutionized the slave trade when the first slave ship landed on the shores of Virginia in 1619. Now, I mention this because the effects of that event is something, you know, even though it happened 500 years ago, still has an effect on our lives today. So, some alabaster man put a collection of 50 memes up on the internet and it made its way to Facebook in some way. Um, now, every meme has the main title that says UK versus South Korea. It's, the meme is a white square divided into three parts. It is divided first vertically, um, equally vertically, and then on the left-hand side, there is a picture and a subheading. On the right-hand side, the right half is also divided or split horizontally in two parts, with the top one being a flag representing a country, the UK, and the bottom side representing um, South Korea. And each of those have a little bit of an explanation. So on the right-hand side of this particular picture, and there's like 50 of them, but you know they are all equally as disgusting. But on the right-hand side of this specific one, um, it has a picture of a man with a speech bubble, and obviously it's about language. And so the subheading reads, words, how to say words that end with an E. So basically the correct pronunciation of English words. Just a way, let, let's think, let's step out a little bit and, and, and analyze this and see where our brains go because now we're creating a context of something. You have the idea of what is normal and the opposite of that being abnormal. Now, you may not consciously think of it this way, 
because it is a subconscious thing. It goes unnoticed because it is socially conditioned. It is a mental process that is socially conditioned. So, naturally, or how we've been trained um, in most Western countries, in all Western countries, is that our eyes, when we read, um, start from left to right, top to bottom. So you have this idea of what is normalcy as you then continue to analyze or take in or decode this message of this meme. So your eyes cross the dividing line from the left side to the right side and at the top. You read the top part, part first, obviously, and that is to answer the question. Words. How to say words that end with an E. The UK flag, the British flag, the English flag is at the top. Okay, skirt. Stop. Let's just stop a taste here and ask this question. Why does the UK get to go first? To connect it with normalcy. Why? Because of colonization. Why? Because of the racism that ensued because of colonization. So, of course, they have to go first. Why wouldn't they? They're white. Anyway, so let's get back into the car again and move on. So the UK, so the UK goes first and... The answer to the question words, how to read words that end with an E. They have the words change, revenge, and schedule, pronounced the quote-unquote normal way to say these words, right? So, then your eye moves down to the vinyl part, the bottom division. Korea is at the bottom, a flag of South Korea at the bottom, mocking the accent of Koreans pronouncing change as changey, revenge as revengey, and schedule as schedule Now, Again, let's stop there because this really fucking boils my Milo. I usually leave well enough alone. These days, I leave this kind of shit alone because I do understand that it is small. But I don't know, for some reason this time I couldn't do that. You know, I had first composed the scathing kind of lengthy response that was, you know, meant to attack and degrade whomever had made this. And then I reread it and I was like, mm, you know what, girl, that's not necessary because a queen doesn't always need a crown to show people that he's a queen. So I decided to say something that would, would um, bring the cockroaches out of the darkness, you know, behind their keyboards and bring joy to the people that actually get what I'm about to say. So I just said, I feel like this entire series was made by a white man. For me, like, that one sentence, breaking things down into that simple sentence just says everything. And, like, the interesting data, which I, you know, predicted based off of human behavior, um, is that mostly women of some form of melanin, if not all the glorious melanin, instantly understood and just laughed, you know. And white fragility, the cockroaches that came out of the darkness you know, had the cisgender white men and women angry and low-key insulting me, which, you know, you know, when I engage in that kind of thing, the insults are going to come. And I don't really give a flying fuck. The thing is that the quote-unquote joke is actually extremely colonialistic, reductive, it's, it, it cavalierly disregards Korean culture. It places English as first and otherizes Korea. And when you otherize a foreign culture, it is clear that a colonizer made this thinking that he's funny. And all he really is, is loud and wrong. You know, this joke 
goes beyond offending someone because it is racist to otherize people for your entertainment. And it goes further than that because as much as we know that, you know, the bullshit lives, uh, bullshit opinions um, tend to thrive on social media, it, it also harms the perception of an entire nation of people and therefore exposing them to the kind of ignorance and generalizations and prejudices that have led to how white people have successfully made the world where they are deemed superior in any or some way. You know, and one guy uh, responded, you know, many people responded, but one guy I decided to engage with. And he said, I don't really see how any of this is racist. Like he says he, he couldn't see how any of this is a problem. So then I decided to purposefully display his ignorance to help drive the point home. And I just simply said, it's because you have no culture. You know, and now we're getting into what he said, she said, he said. Um, then he said to me, that's ignorant, which, yes, it was purposefully ignorant. So I close it with by saying, basically, because your comment of how you can't quite see why this is wrong is gaslighting. You are basically telling me that you can't see that racism or that prejudice or that this is fucked up. You can see that it exists. And because you can't see it, it's not real. It's all in my head. I am too sensitive. That is the coded language that comes with when someone says, I don't see how this is a problem. I am one person, but my voice represents the marginalized groups. You, as a white man, all you need to do when any person of color expresses to you that something is offensive, that it is racially offensive, all you need to do is fight your ego, soothe your white guilt, and listen. Because see how my statement of saying it's because you don't have any culture is ignorant. In that same way, that entire meme, that entire joke is fucking ignorant. You know, and so of course I felt vindicated um, pointing out Caucasian malarkey. And you know what? It's not really something to be proud of. It's, it's such a, you know, it's so easy to do it because it's just prevalent in society. It's just that people of color or people that are margin marginalized in any way have to tolerate things like that just because it's just the way that society is. Now, I am fully aware that when, you know, we signed up for Facebook years yonder um, ago that we signed up for all the stupidity that comes with a type of technology that allows people to hide behind their keyboards and to construct different versions of themselves. Um, you know, these are just trolls creating engagement. I understand all of that. And, but I also see the bigger picture of how it actually harms people. And I know, like recently, I've been reading a lot about Harvard sociologist David R. Williams, and he said something wonderful um, that I'd like to share. And it says, basically, he said that this is a frightening point because it's an automatic process and it's an unconscious process. People who engage in this unthinking discrimination are not aware of it. They are not lying to you when they say, I didn't treat this person differently and I treat everyone the same. They mean it because consciously that is the way they see themselves.
these implicit biases shape their behavior in ways they are not even aware of. The research suggests that 70 to 80% of whites fall into this category. And that's, you know, we live in a time where I think it becomes hard to be ignorant because we are inundated with information. It's, it's not the 1960s anymore. It's not the 1800s anymore. Um, and I know my voice is a voice in many, 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 countless that are saying the same things and yet there is literally no change. <sighs> anyway, so I don't know, maybe I'm, I talk a lot about this kind of stuff because I may be suffering from some kind of like internalized guilt or self-hate for the many times that society have has, you know, shaped me or placed me as the person being above another human being based on my light, light, light skin color and not being black enough in some instances and not being white enough in some instances and knowing my, um, you know, my biases, knowing that I didn't question the times when I was benefiting from the system and I tolerated it when I wasn't benefiting from the system because that's just the way it is, right? So that's where this idea of tolerating, the idea of not tolerating something came and then the opposite of it, of tolerating something. And, I, and you know, life really does have beauty and contrast. And it felt like there was a, some kind of like invisible string drawing me closer to invent, events that I had to make a decision of whether I was going to tolerate it or not. And I want to share to you with one in which how tolerating something I knew I shouldn't have led to something very unpleasant. So um, Saturday, this past Saturday, I went on a coffee date. I agreed to a coffee date with a guy. Coffee was implicitly stated. And I also said just one or two hours in a certain location. All right, we set up the location, we meet. And, you know, he gets there and then he doesn't like the location. He says there's too many people. First red flag, like, uh, anyway, I'm thinking back, you know, to it now. But in the moment, I was like, oh, he doesn't like, you know, crowded places, which I totally get because we all have different levels of social anxiety or um, you don't know what people are going through. And so um, he said, all right, he knows a place that's 10 minutes. 10 minutes away we'll you know we'll drive in his car I'm like okay cool get get in his car and then um after two minutes he was like getting touchy I was like uh okay I verbally communicated you know I'm not comfortable with this so please I please don't like touch me um and he said no 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 it's okay and I said no it's really not okay um at that instance I felt like I was being led somewhere dark and weirdly enough it was getting dark because we were meeting at night um, or at sunset. So then we were outside, we got our coffee, and then it's like, hey, why don't we go take a walk um, along this, like, park, children's park? And I was like, sure, cool, let's be outside, there's people around, you know, we can walk and, you know, get it, you know, just have a, a talk. And so it comes to this point where he shows me that, like, this big open space that looks like kind of like a mini forest, and I'm, like, there taking in the view, enjoying, like, the sunset, and and enjoying the air and then like out of nowhere he grabbed me pulled my mask down and kissed me <sighs> just first of all it was a horrible fucking kiss because 
I just, I, I, I just, I can't stand people who don't know how to kiss. Like, you're almost 40. Come on, dude. Like, you must have had some practice. And more, maybe he hasn't had some practice. I don't know. But I told him again, I'm uncomfortable. Please don't touch me like that. There, I didn't give you any consent. Well, that's not what I said because in my in my broken Korean and his broken English, I was at least very, very clearly able to communicate that I'm not comfortable. Don't do that. Let's walk around. Let's look and drink coffee and, you know, talk some more. We did that and um, he kept having like these kind of like advances towards me and um, kept trying to like holding my hand. And, you know, at this point, I felt like he was Donald Trump and I was Melania swatting his hand away like for the entire four years of his presidency. You know, and then it got to the point where I told him that, you know what, I have a busy day tomorrow. I want to go home. He said, oh, okay, I'll take you. Let me take you home. I said, no, 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 I'll take the subway. And he insisted because he he made me feel comfortable and felt bad that at least let, you know, um, he'll drive me home. (sighs) Anyway, I tolerated this lie, too. And I got in, and the minute I got in, he, like, started touching me again. And I'm like, stop. And then, you know, he stops, and he drives. And and then I kept thinking what, like, even me, like, saying no and that I'm not comfortable, but then still continuing on the date, does that mean that I was tolerating it? Like, you know where your mind goes. It It doesn't make sense now thinking of it, but that's where my mind was that's kind of how fucked up like certain conditions have become because somewhere along the line when when you've been a victim of any kind of sexual abuse someone always asks you what did you do you shouldn't have done this you should not have done that you should have done this you should have have done that and in my experience that kind of stuff usually comes from people who have never been in a position where they felt their personhood like their body being violated you you don't understand the mental physical thing that happens and going on a coffee date doesn't automatically give you permission to touch me like doesn't give you consent to touch me even getting in your car does not give you um consent to touch me like that doesn't mean anything so by this time you know while we were driving his hand started to wander and touching me we're on the highway you know and he was touching me where i didn't want to be touched and uh as we were getting to the greater you know area of my neighborhood i said okay stop i'm I'm done i, I want to get out I, this is i live close and whatever and uh he said okay it's okay it's okay no no it's okay i'm like no it's not okay please stop the car all right he stops in like very clearly, or not clearly, but now thinking back to it, stops in some kind of like, um, it's on a, on a busy road, but it's not well lit. And uh, the minute he stops the car, he like reaches over, you know, pulls the lever that pulls the seat down. I fall down with like the seatbelt strapped to my body. I fall down and I'm like trapped. And then he immediately like lifts up my shirt and like does whatever the fuck he decides to do that that he thinks is, you know, enticing me. And I'm in this compromised position. And all I could think of in that moment were the two times where I've been a victim of sexual assault. And, uh, you know, the first time something like that happens to you, especially when it happens to a young person, when that same feeling when that same feeling happens you are 
transported you like time travel to when you were a kid and and the fear that you feel then like the neurons that wire together you know fire together and you know obviously not having having dealt with it to a deeper degree you know that fear came up again in this situation and even if i hadn't you know been um a victim of sexual assault before i would still be scared um in that moment i felt a little bit like overpowered because he kept saying no no it's okay it's okay and and i kept thinking what do i do now and technically i'm bigger and stronger than him but it was just the combination of my past and that moment and the suddenness and the quickness and the confusion that made me feel helpless and the only thing that i knew how to use was like the sharpest sword that i have was my intellect and my words so i decided to focus like on the base of my voice i took a deep breath and said loudly from my diaphragm firmly as if the moment had commanded it it i said stop but in korean and like i didn't even know that i would say it in korean but i think maybe subconsciously i knew that the response would be better in his native language and so that made him jump up you know and i quickly pulled the lever raised my seat you know in one swift motion the seat belt was off I opened the door and i was out and and i don't recall if he said anything or not and you know it it took so much energy on my walk home not to just blame myself to 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 not revert back to that little boy from i don't know what is it like 20 years ago um that was so scared that if someone found out that it happened to him because he was gay he was molested because he was gay he you know that has somehow now trans- transformed into this this reasoning that said that i somehow tolerated it and gave him permission you know and yes in hindsight i should have just left and i don't know why i didn't just leave i didn't think or imagine that this would happen and like there's no excuse but even though i have no excuse it doesn't mean that that's a reason for this to happen and yet i find myself in a duplicitous or a duality of thinking where you blame yourself and you also know it's not your own fault like it's not your fault so it's a quite confusing situation to be but it made me really <laughs> think about what we choose to tolerate because so like here i was in the first story not tolerating any racial injustice you know that kind of thing it's something that i'm very versed and skilled in and calling out and fighting for marginalized people like i don't tolerate that shit but when it comes to the negative actions of other people's um of other people or their words that is pertains to my existence for some reason i was unable to defend myself with the same spiritedness like i tolerated it and it made me really consider in what areas of our life we choose to tolerate the actions of other people and yourselves like and what i'm starting to decipher is that i've learned that it comes to that when it comes to our convictions like the guiding set of principles about how we choose to live our lives you know to live those out continually 
you know, and, and, and consistency takes vigilance and practice. You have to be on the whole time. And it's, it is quite mentally draining. But the more you do it, you know, the more you practice, the more it becomes programmed into, you, into your subconscious. But when you first do it, when you first intellectualize it, it doesn't translate into the, re- the response that you want when you are faced with a situation where, you know, it's something that you don't tolerate. So me telling that man, you know, stop in that manner wasn't just about that moment. You know, it was for all the moments that I had tolerated the behavior of others that had a negative effect on me. So not tolerating, you know, doesn't necessarily mean to retaliate or to get revenge. It could be just as simple as you removing yourself from that situation or space. I do think, though, that it, that it is important to verbalize something, something that communicates that you do not condone this behavior, and either you leave or I leave. And, you know, if it's in your space, then you have the right to ask them to leave, and that person has to respect that. You know, you don't just have to tolerate it. And, yeah, something that I've learned in the past couple of years, and especially, like, this Saturday, and it was cemented in me, was that tolerating something is adjacent to accepting it because they share the same lack of boundaries. So it was a victory for me and for the teenage boy from years ago, but I was still just enveloped in that same kind of sadness, apathy, I would apathy I would say as I stood under the warm water of the shower it was the only place at that moment that I could find comfort. And in that moment, the automatic negative thoughts were just running around my brain. Like I said, like the neurons had wired together, fired together. And it was hard to disengage. Um, but it still happened. I was able to identify that this moment that happened triggered thoughts and emotions from the past And on a neurological level, on a brain science level, I knew exactly what was happening. But furthermore, I think I somehow developed some kind of coping strategy that helped me disengage, compartmentalize and process these thoughts as as other. Um, And I think that's something that I want to be able to like break down and share with everyone because maybe... Um, you know, I'm human and you're human and there is connection in our feeling. It may not be the same. Our situations may not be exactly the same. But what we do share is a common feeling, um, our emotions, um, at least for most people, I would say. I'm not a certified psychologist and I don't want my advice on how to deal with abuse or trauma to be mistaken as, you know, professional at the same time, like I said, I'm a, I live in this constant state of like duplicity in my mind where I know that I possess a different level of self-awareness than most people do, um, which then brings me to some like mental health tips. I stumbled across a great piece of advice um, on having a flexible mindset by a rugby player called Johnny Wilkinson. I don't know who he is. All I know is he said something great for me at least. Johnny Boy said, if I need things to be a certain way, I'm held hostage by them. Oh, you know, this, I felt this was so great because like, as someone who always knows or always thinks that he knows better and most of the time I do, 
I do find myself being trapped by my old ways of thinking, you know, that have worked with for me before, but don't have use, you know, on the today of things in the today's world. So I know the the reason we like having things a certain way is because it's comfortable and the the brain loves comfortability and routine. Yet when we feel that we're in a rut, we are unable to look inside ourselves, but the rut exists only inside ourselves. Like we instead blame, you know, a job, a relationship, a partner, a friend, an, a colleague, or always someone else when the problem is inside you. I would say look inward first, make sure everything on your side of the road is nice and sweeped and neat and organized and cleaned, you know, make sure things are right inside you before you look somewhere else. Yeah, that's my little piece of mental health advice. I would say physically take care of your body physically because a physical body leads to a healthier brain and a healthy brain helps you make healthier mental health decisions. Thank you everyone so much for listening to uh, This Is Fine. I really appreciate it. If you liked the episode, please share it with a friend and give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you read your podcast, wherever you read your podcast, wherever you listen to them. Um, Drink your water. Please get enough sleep because Lord knows I am not getting enough sleep. All right, everyone. Bye-bye.